Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. If the Lord will help me today, I want to speak on this thought, significance caused me to survive. I have been in much prayer heading into this week. This past three weeks to four weeks has been uh, quite a journey for our family personally as our daughter recovered from a stroke-induced labor at 34 weeks. We have a brand new granddaughter that's home now. And amen. (laughs) She's Papaw's girl. She's Papaw's girl. And Pastor Wayne was trying to compete with me about his grandkids before service. And uh, he showed me a text message that his little grandson, who's just now got an iPad, text him. And Pastor Wayne, who preached last Sunday and did a phenomenal job, tore up the house with the blessings of God. Can you be tore up with a blessing? Yes, you can. And he preached a, a word. And his grandson, all the way from California, texted him and said, good preach. I laughed. I, I said, if that had been my grandchild, I just said, here's my credit card. Get whatever you want. <laughs> it's been a week it's been a it's been a month we've been keeping our oldest grandson with us for almost a month now um, he goes to mom and daddy's uh periodically as well just so that they can uh be able to function with a new baby home and and all that and we look forward to caitlin coming back and being in service with us and also with a grandbaby but yesterday I had the opportunity of get the old swing out the weather was like in the 70s and I was like, thank you, thank you. Somebody said, I say, thank you. <laughs> and then today it's not. But it was, was so nice yesterday. We sat on the swing. And then Liam, he just loves swinging. And, and just I hope you had a chance to take in all of that vitamin D and just really uh, enjoy the sunshine, the birds chirping, the neighbor's dogs barking, all that good stuff, you know, being outside. But today we are excited about his word. And the things that he is speaking to us. And in my heart, I begin to dive into this particular passage. And I'll be sharing with you the word of God out of the book of Genesis, chapter 17. I'll give you a head start. But I wanted to talk to you about the promise of God in your life. And I want to say this, that the promise of God that is in your life is not just about you. It's not just about your situation or even your current circumstance. God has really got a preview on the next generation. He's concerned about them. And I know that we are in a world of self-itis where it's all about us. We sound, sometimes sound like an opera singer warming up. Me, 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 me. Because it's all about us. But God's focus is previewing the next generation and them that are coming behind us. And the enemy wants to stop you from being used by God so that he can curse your descendants. God wants to bless your descendants and your next move determines who is going to have their way. In Genesis chapter 17, The Bible speaks to us in verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, he was 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am 
the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. Everybody in our western hemisphere, we would, we would say Abraham. It's like some people say Papaw and some say Papaw. A little twist. But really H is added to his name, which is the name of God, inserted into Abram's name. And he said, I will now call you Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. And thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. <laughs> to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I wish I could just focus on verse 7 because seven's just rich with all kinds of details. How many love the details? And then in verse 8 he said, I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. Twice now... In this whole text, we see the word everlasting, an everlasting covenant and an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed and after thee in their generations. Everybody lift your hand and say, be it unto me, Lord. Now, I want you to see this particular passage from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, highlighted in your Bible. Write notes on it if you can. Journal with us this morning because this week I want it to be your lunch. I want it to be your P&J. I want it to be your uh, lunch meat this week. I want you to look at it and allow the Holy Spirit to bring devotional intimacy into your life through this passage. But I want you to understand that the voice of the Lord that is now speaking in Genesis chapter 17 to Abram and renames him and calls him another name by the name of Abraham, that he is speaking in this text, this is the first voice that Abraham has heard from God in 13 years. Everybody say 13 years. It has been 13 years since Abraham has heard the voice of the Lord. 13 years. And sometimes it's not the moment that God speaks that we highlight as much as it is the long sabbatical through which he does not. I want everybody to say my significance has come out, caused me to survive. Now say 13 years. 13 years, he is in a posture where he has not heard God speak. 
he is looking for the voice of God. And sometimes it's not the voice of God that you need to focus on as much as it is the time of which he has been silent in your life. I'm not sure that faith is used as much when God is talking to us as it is used more when he seems silent to us. The real test of faith is can you walk with God when he says nothing at all? Can you walk with God for 13 years of silence, hanging on a thread of a, a thread of inspiration, a thread of, of direction? The test is can you keep on walking with him? And I want you to think back, if you will, this morning for a moment. Where, would, where were you 13 years ago? 13 years ago puts us in 2008. How many remember what you were doing in 2008? Uh, There's some of us that can say, I remember, because maybe something significant happened in your life during that time. Some of us might be, well, it's a blur, Pastor. It, I blinked and 10 years had passed. But where were you 13 years ago? What was God saying to you? What was the status of your life? What was the emoji on your post? A lot has happened in the last 13 years. Think about how life has changed in the past 13 years. 13 years and God has said nothing at all. And yet God who sits high and looks low is aware of everything that is happening in Abraham's life, but he's saying nothing. I used to hear the elder saints in church would say, he sits high and he looks low and he has all power in his hand. And I, I know that about God. He is looking at it and saying nothing to it. He is looking at Abraham's condition. He's looking at Abraham's life. He's looking at the events that have unfolded. And he lets Abraham walk voiceless with silence from him for 13 years. For 13 years, Abraham is stumbling in his own effort to accomplish God's purpose. He is making all kinds of mistakes. He's got all kinds of mishaps in his life, one right after another, and God chooses not to say anything. He lets him make the mistake. He lets him flounder. He lets him get in his flesh. Come on, church. He lets him do what he wants to do. During that 13 years, he and his wife had taken in Hagar. They birthed an Ishmael. They tried to adopt Eleazar. They were doing all all of these things in their own strength to bring about the promise of God. It was failure after failure, failure after failure. Am I preaching to anybody today? It's been failure after failure. And the reason that I take time to point this out today is because it's very important. Before we deal with the speaking of the Lord, we must deal 
with the silence of the Lord when God goes silent on you because what makes the speaking of the Lord so profound is the silence that preceded it. If God allowed a time where I couldn't find clarity and I couldn't find certainty and he allowed that space, then the most significant time is not necessarily when he spoke, but the significant time for my learning was in the quiet years and the quiet time when God hid me in the quiver, when God hid me in the basement and I heard the laughter of everyone else enjoying their life and everyone else prospering in their ministry and prospering in their homes and having babies and business interests blooming and yet here I am in the silence wondering have you forgotten me God? Have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten the promise that you spoke over my life? You could have at least spoke up. You could have at least helped course direct me. And finally the Lord appears to Abraham after 13 years and he says I am the Lord God Almighty. I am the Lord Jehovah. I am God Almighty. Oh, if you could break that passage down when he said I am God Almighty is the word El Shaddai. God said, I want to introduce you to myself again. I am almighty. I am known by El Shaddai. And I'm also Elohim. I am the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. He said, I am El Shaddai, the mighty Elohim of, for God. He introduces himself in the plurality of his authority. He wanted to make sure that Abraham's ears could hear that in the absoluteness of his sovereignty, God would speak up and remind him, I am El Shaddai, I am Elohim, I am all that you have need of. He says, I am the Lord thy God. And the Bible said that after 13 years of not hearing the voice of God, when God decided to speak in his plurality and to declare his sovereignty that Abraham gripped himself and fell down on his face in the presence of the Lord because he had just had a word from God. Anytime God takes time to step out of eternity and step into time and speak a word to you, it'll make you humble down. It'll make you fall down. It'll make you get on your face and cry out to God in a posture of humility and say, here I am, Lord. Speak a word to me. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody today. You've been in a, in a place of isolation where you've not been able to hear the definitive voice of God, but I come to declare that God is yet speaking. And when he speaks, it will change your posture. When God speaks, you don't get puffed up. When God speaks, you don't become uh, proud. When God speaks, you don't make crazy decisions on your own. His voice will humble you. And God speaks to him in only the way that he can. And he speaks to him and he says this, your name shall no longer be called Abram, but Abraham. He introduces himself and then he introduces Abram to himself. Sometimes God had to give 13 years of space for you to get over yourself. 
It's not a suggestion. It's not a request. It's a command. Your name shall no longer be called Abram. It will be called Abraham. He says, I showed up so I could show you who you are. After trying to be a man, trying to be a father, trying to get your stuff together, trying to put your life right, he said, I let you walk for 13 years of absolutely wasted effort, and now I've chosen this moment to tell you who you are. And I found that there are some truths that God cannot introduce to us at earlier times in our life because we have not gone through enough to be ready to receive what God has for us. So God says, mum's the word until you're ready. God says, I can't add nothing to you until you come to the end of who you are. You have to go through a certain degree of failure where you lose confidence in your human propensity. We have made idols out of our own ideas. We have made idols out of our own ideologies. We worship rock stars and movie stars and sports stars, but we fail to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've let you have silence because you have had your own idea and your own ideology and I had to let you come to a place where I brought it all down, where I brought you to your knees, where I brought it all down to a place where you could hear me speak, where you could hear me speak into your life for if God would speak while your opinion lives there would be a war in your head and how many know everybody in this room has got an opinion if God were to speak on top of your opinion you would be in your mind all mixed up and a war would be stirring in your head but when your opinion has come to its end and all your ideas have ended in total failure and suddenly you realize I'm not as smart as I thought I was. I'm not as bright as I thought I was. I'm not as good as I thought I was. And finally, it comes down to the end of your rope. Then God shows up. Then God reveals his voice. And oh, he knows how to make an introduction. Hallelujah. He knows how to come into a room. 13 years of silence and then he appears with the all patient and all being of an eternal God unmoved by time. He knows how to step in uninvited or invited and just make himself known. I come to tell somebody God can wait it out. He can wait you out. You think you're tough. You're not as tough as you think. You think you're stubborn. God says I have more time than you do. I can afford to wait. I can let you squirm and fight and wrestle in your own mind. But when I get ready to speak, I'll speak because I am the ancient of days. I am the beginning.
beginning and the end. I am El Shaddai. I am Elohim. And beside me, there is no other. You can't outstare God. You will blink first. God appears to Abram and says, now I'm going to show you who you really are. God, why now? Why didn't you do it when I was younger? Why didn't you do it when I had a better job? Why didn't you do it before I left my hometown or sold my house? Why didn't you do it before I got to this stage in my life? And God says, you weren't ready yet. I had to take you through the process to get you to the promise. And now you're ready to receive on a level that you could have never received on before. Because I had to let you cause your opinions to die. All these ideas that cause you to stay up all night because you think you know better than me, God says. I had to wait for it to die. I couldn't add anything to you because you've done messed up the last thing I said. Oh, my, 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 my. So now that you're at a place where you've exhausted yourself and you're frustrated not just with everybody else, you're frustrated with you now. I'm going to show you who you really are and I'm going to reveal to you your purpose. But God, I'm 99 years old. If you'd have done it when I was 70, I could see that. If you would have done it when I was 50, I could have seen that. When I was 18, I could have seen that. When I was 15, I could see that. And God's saying, you don't have to see it. I don't even need you to see it. I'm still going to do it because I'm God. And 99 years old is nothing to me. <laughs> and then God says, and I want you to write it down. Now I'm going to bless you. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, now God is going to bless you. Come on, if they don't participate, punch them in the gut and say, now God is going to bless you. When's he going to bless me? Now. And in my now, it's after I've made all my messes, after I've made all my mistakes, after I've run out of my own ingenuity and my own ideas and I'm now at the end of my rope and don't see any way that it's gonna pass, God said, now I am going to bless you. You couldn't do it in your own strength. Your friends had failed you. Your family didn't come through. Your neighbors didn't do it the way you were going to do it. And now I'm gonna show you in your life when you've given up on any possible way that it could ever be done. He said, now I'm going to bless you. I wonder, does there anybody here that has a now faith, not a shall be faith, not a was faith, a now faith in this present moment?
somebody say, now, now. Tell your neighbor God can do it now. I know your knees are wrinkled. I know your back is bent. But when I get ready to bless you, circumstances are nothing against my word. Now, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you who you are. I'm going to show you where you are. I'm going to show you why you had to go through what you had to go through. Don't worry about it. When I decide to bless you, it's going to make up for all the foolish things you did trying to get to this point because I am the Lord God Almighty and nothing is too hard for me. Say this with me. When God speaks, it's a destiny change. 13 years of silence and God spoke. When God speaks, there's going to be a major shift. Now, I got to confess, I really, my own personality, I've been transparent with you, I really don't like to be bothered to make decisions about things that I don't care anything about. (laughs) How many are like that? I don't even care. Don't bother me with it. I don't even care what it is. It comes to a point in your life that you become too busy to be bothered with trivial things. And, and I kind of would describe it most of the time. I, it really doesn't matter to me what we eat. Yeah, I know you have this conversation. What do you want today? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. That's why I asked you. What do you want? Because after a while, it all tastes the same. Uh-huh. Most of the time, it, it really doesn't matter to me where we go to eat. It really doesn't matter to me whether the... Praise team wears black, blue, red, or polka dot. I don't care. It's trivial. The real truth of the matter is, I save my decisions for my level of influence. I've learned to save my decisions for my level of influence. Should we get this chandelier or that chandelier? I I really don't care. If you were to ask God questions like that, God probably would say, I don't care. When I wanted daylight, I just made the sun. (laughs) I was God while you were trying to figure out what electricity was, so I really don't care about the chandelier. When I speak, something shifts. I am the Lord God Almighty, and beside me, there is no other. When God speaks, something shifts. God tells him this next thing. Walk thou before me, and be thou perfect. And what he means by this is I'm bringing you into alignment. It's kind of like an automobile. 
Once in a while, you have to take it in. If you've hit all the potholes in Indianapolis, eventually, you're going to have to go and have an alignment on your vehicle so that your tires don't wear out on one side in particular. <laughs> so God says, walk thou before me and be thou perfect. Everybody say alignment. God was saying to Abraham, I'm going to bring you into order. I'm going to bring you into your destiny. I'm going to wrap this thing up with a crescendo. <laughs> In other words, it's going to build and swell. In other words, your latter day shall be greater than your former day. You're talking about the good old days behind you, and yet God said the good old days are before you. I'm going to bring you into alignment. That means I'm going to have to take some stuff out of you, everything that shouldn't be there, and I'm going to bring into your life everything that I predestined for it to be. And I don't care about your circumstances, and I don't care about the conditions of your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how weak you are because when I determine in myself that I'm going to bless you, I will make everything line up and come in order because I am the Lord God Almighty and beside me there is no other. I know your wife is past her childbearing age. I know uh, that your body is weak and you've lost your potency as a man. I know, Abraham, you don't have a seed. I was waiting on you to run out of seed so that I could give you a seed and when I give you a seed Sarah's womb will recognize something new has hit her womb because it will quicken it and bring her womb back to life when God sees something dead he has the power to quicken it and bring it back again I come to prophesy over somebody he said I'm taking this out so I can give you that I'm aligning your steps because I have a promise and a potential for your life it don't matter how long the factory's been dead and this is what amazes me God calls an impotent man a father of many nations. This old man, he calls him a father of many nations. Where my real church at? This childless man, he calls him a father of many nations. When God begins to talk to you, it will sound crazy. When he called me into the ministry, it sounded crazy. That's how you know it's God. When he calls you to do something that is beyond your human ability, 
When he asks you to do something that you know you'll never be able to do without him. When he asks you to do something that does not necessarily fit your circumstance and your situation, that means that it may be your body, but it's his seed. <laughs> it may be your mouth, but it's his voice. It may be your hand, but it's his intelligence in you. For the battle does not belong to you. It belongs unto the Lord. I come to prophesy unto those that are here. There is a nation inside of you. There is a generational seed line inside of you. There are prophets and pastors and evangelists and apostles and teachers inside of you. There is a nation inside of you. God, why are you now talking to me? 13 years, you've said nothing and now you show up 13 years later and you don't even come to talk about me. We in the trouble, church. Because God says, no, you're right. I didn't come to talk about you. I came to talk about what's in you. Yeah. Write this down. The fight is always over what's in you. The enemy is not fighting you over where you are. He's fighting you over where you're going. He's fighting over what's next in your life. He's fighting over the unborn potential in your life. He's fighting over things that haven't even come together yet in your life. And God said, I come to tell you about the generations and the nations, Abraham, that are going to come out of your body. You're talking to me about one child while I'm talking to you about nations. You've got to get on the same page with God. He said, I want to know when I'm going to have my baby. Quit talking about that one baby when I'm trying to pull a nation out of you. You are wrapped up in yourself. You trying to talk to me about next week's paycheck? I'm talking about a generational blessing that's going to overtake you along the way. You trying to talk to me about how to get through next month? I'm trying to tell you there's a nation and a generation coming out of you. And you hung up on the calendar? When God speaks, there's this, oh, oh, Bethel. Oh, Bethel, I wish we could all go together on this. God said, I intended for you to have struggle because there's some things I cannot produce during a good time. There's some things I can only produce in the struggle. I intended for you to have to pray your way out because I needed you to have a certain level of fervency and a certain level of consecration in your life. 
I intended for you to be born with opportunities that your parents couldn't imagine because what I'm working on is what's coming next. And the timing is right for you to be where you are like you are right now after I showed up 13 years of silence. And God says to him, I'm going to make you a father at a time when you didn't even feel like a man. And I come to tell you that there are nations inside of nations, inside of nations, inside of you. Lindsay, there are nations in you. Somebody say nations. There are nations inside of you. There are books inside of you. There are businesses inside of you. There are companies inside of you. There are great, great grandchildren inside of you. There are kings inside of you. There are princes inside of you. There are ideas inside of you. There are concepts inside of you. And that's why I kept you alive in spite of your crazy mistakes, Abraham. It wasn't about you. It was about what was in you because I got to call a nation out of you. I kept you alive because of my purpose and my destiny in your life. I need to tell this to somebody today that God sustained you through all your mess. Look at somebody and say, Lucio, this next part's about you. God said, I sustained you through all your mess. I sustained you when your mouth got you into trouble. I stopped you from committing suicide. It wasn't that you were going to kill you. You were going to kill who's next in you. And the Lord said, I had a plan for your life. A future for your life. And if you die here, you will miss the next generation. I sustained you because I need you to play a role in my plan that nobody can play. But you... I kept you alive. And this is where I close. I want you to tell your neighbor, I am significant. I, I might not look significant. My finances might not be significant. My home may not be significant. My job may not be significant. But don't let any of those conditions move you. I am significant I have a role to play that nobody else sister shy can play but me 
I have a thing to do that nobody else can do but me. I am significant and that's why I've survived. It was not that I was tough. It was not that I was right. It's not that I was strong, but every time the enemy surrounded me, the Lord lifted up a standard. And he kept me. Somebody take a few moments to praise him right there. Stand to your feet if you would and just begin to praise him. I want to thank you, Lord, for every time you brought me over. I want to thank you for every time you kept me from losing my mind. I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for what was in me that you were calling out of me. Somebody praise him for victory. Oh, he said, I'll make you a father. I'm going to make you a life giver. I feel this for someone. I'm going to make you productive. I'm going to make you stable. I'm going to put things in your life that that life couldn't give you. I'm going to make up what you lacked in your life. I'm going to finish raising you. When your mother and your father forsook you, I, the Lord, will lift you up and bring you unto myself. I'm going to mature you and bring you into fruition. For I am the Lord your God, and beside me there is no other. I'm God all by myself. I didn't come here to talk to you about sheep and goats and tents. I come to talk to you, Abram, about the generation that was in you. Oh my God, I feel His glory in this house. I'm telling you, there is something in you that God wants to use. If you believe it, lift your hands and declare, there is something in me that God wants to use. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. 